0: You are listening to the Pursuit Church Essay Podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Um, today is the beginning of March. Spring is just around the corner. How amazing is that, right? It's good. I'm excited about spring. No more cold weather, right? So today we also kick off our new sermon series called Multiply, and it's multiplication in your life, God's plan for your life. And you know, um, as uh, Pastor Bob and I said at the beginning of 2022, the word that God had put on our hearts for you individually and for us collectively as a church is the word growth. God is always about progressive. He's never stagnant. He's never stable. He's a progressive God. So the word he had given us this year was growth. And um... There are a lot of hurting people in this world. Just look around at the news. Don't, don't even spend much time on the news because that'll mess you up in a whole nother level. But if you look around, there are lost, there are broken, there are hurting people, and we are their hope. Jesus is their hope, but we gotta get Jesus to them. Jesus wants to use us to bring them hope. He's the great bringer of the hope. He is the hope, he is the master, but his church is the plan. And so God wants to bring growth. And you know, we start off really small, But the Bible says, do not despise the small things. So we will grow this year, but we're going to enjoy the small things while we grow. That's God's plan. I'm glad you said amen, because I was about to say, can I get amen? (laughs) And you know, today is a significant day. Um, For a lot of us here, it's a very significant day, because it's the day that we started renovation on this building one year ago. It's a huge day. I have CJ has a couple of pictures he's going to put up on the screen so you can see this is the room you're sitting in right now this is the room you're sitting in there was no wall back there it was a gym and oh my gosh God has done a good work he's got another picture I think of the um, maybe the yeah that's kids check-in y'all we started one year ago today ripping up carpet tearing down walls and in one year look at what God has done we need to give him a hand clap a hand clap of praise y'all that's huge huge. So today, on a very um, great day indeed, I want to talk a little bit about the law of the harvest, seed time and harvest. And it's referred to as the law of the harvest, and it's about sowing and reaping. Do you remember when you were a little kid in school? Remember that little science project? Maybe, probably most of us in this room did it. I was practicing and talking with Avi last night, and she says, oh, yeah, I did that. I did that, Nani. So if she did it, I know we all did it. Remember the little bean they would give you, and you put it in a little styrofoam cup, and you put some dirt in there and water it and stick it in the classroom window, and then you'd wait. You'd wait to see the bean sprout, right? Yeah. Then when the bean would sprout, you get all excited. Oh, it's going, it's going, it's going. And then you pretty soon you'd see it grow up into this little plant, right? Yeah. Well, the whole point of the lesson was how a plant grows, right? Yeah. But in order to grow or to multiply, we have to start with a seed. A seed is always the beginning. You have to invest something in order to see growth and multiplication. So with that in mind, I wanna ask you to think about this. What areas of your life do you wanna see growth or multiplication, and how are you investing in that? Say it again. Where do you wanna grow? Is it your marriage? Is it your walk with God? Do you want to see your kids walking closer with Jesus, coming to know Jesus? What is the area, what are the areas in your life where you want to see growth? And the next part of that is how are you investing in that? What are you doing to invest in those areas where you want to see growth? Again, I want to talk about the law of the harvest. And I know a couple of weeks ago, I touched on it briefly when I spoke last. And I talked talked a little bit about the principle of sowing and reaping. But today, I want to go a little deeper on that. Now, the law of the harvest is a law of God. It's a principle of God. So whether you believe in it or not, it is. It still is. It's like gravity. You don't have to believe in gravity. You don't even have to understand how gravity works. But you're sitting in that chair because of gravity. So you don't have to believe in it. It still is. It's holding you in the chair. It's holding me on this platform. The law of the harvest is one of God's laws. And the way it goes is what you sow, you reap. That's deep, y'all. Think about that. What are we sowing? First of all, what are we reaping? Then we got to trace it back to what are we sowing? You can't plant bad seeds in your marriage in your job, in your community, you cannot plant bad seeds and expect to reap a good harvest. It's not the way it works. You may wish it, you may want it, that's not the way it works. That's not the law of the harvest. And I'm going to say this, some of y'all think the devil's attacking you. It might not be that. It might be some of those seeds you've been sowing or some seed you didn't sow. I know it's hard. Get ready, buckle up. (laughs) Bob's not preaching today. (laughs) So, think about the news lately. If y'all been following the news, you know, you've seen what's going on in the Ukraine. You can't help but know what's going on over there. And it's, it's clearly devastation. The Ukrainian people are losing everything, everything they own, everything they know to be their world. It is being robbed from them. It's being destroyed. They're losing homes, jobs, families, I mean, even pets, something as simple as a pet. These people are losing everything. Now, I want you to imagine, just, just think about that for a minute. Can you imagine losing everything you have and having to start all over and then having to start all over in a whole other country, in a foreign country with zero, nothing but the clothes on your back? Can you even imagine that? You know, as Americans, that's really hard for us to think about. That's hard for us to even fathom. It doesn't even come across our minds because we are a blessed people, y'all. And we are blessed because God is good. And I'm not saying he's not blessing the rest of the world, but the song does say, God bless America. We are a very blessed people. When you compare what we have to what most of the people in the rest of the world have, you can't help but know that we are so blessed, highly favored. And it's hard for us to imagine some foreign country coming in here and invading us because this is the land of the free, right? Yeah. This is the land of the free. We, would, we couldn't even fathom that. But you know what? We're so blessed that it's almost as if we believe or we expect to have a good life. Yeah. That whole sense of entitlement can creep up real fast. You get used to things, and so you just expect it to keep coming. So when something happens, something bad, what do we do? We start looking for somebody or someone or something to blame when things don't go our way. I mean, that's a knee-jerk reaction. But if we're going to be real and we're going to be honest, hasn't that happened? You start looking around for something to blame, someone to blame when things don't go right or when you lose something. We forget just how good we have it. And it's easy when you forget to slip into that mindset of living a selfish life. That's an ugly word, but it's easy. I mean, I'm guilty of it. It's easy to slip into that trap of thinking, we're so blessed, taking things for granted. It's just about me, 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 Like we're all opera singers, me, 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 me. It's not about just us. You know, several years ago, and I don't know, God's timing is always impeccable. And maybe this is what I needed several years ago to really wake me up. But we took a mission trip to Haiti. It was Bob and I and Grace, and that was strategic, me taking Grace. Um, she was in college at the time, and I felt like, you know, my kids are spoiled. They need to see some stuff. And Terry, she couldn't go. She was just Nuh-uh. she was too, too young, too young. <laughs> but when we went to Haiti, the first day we landed, we immediately hit the ground into the mission field. There wasn't any resting, going to the hotel, chilling. We hit the ground and went straight to the people that we were about to be working for for seven days. And, you know, it was it was incredible just getting through the airport. This was a few years after that big, giant earthquake. I think it was in, I don't even know when it was. I forgot now. But it was right after that earthquake happened, and it looked like, it looked like a war zone. And just getting through the airport was very... It was very traumatizing. Um, you know, we didn't speak the language. In Haiti, they speak Haitian Creole. I don't even, I can only speak French. And it's nowhere near anything close to Spanish in my mind. So I was lost. All of us were lost. And, and it was a foreign country, foreign tongue. And it was just devastation everywhere we went. We landed in the capital in Port-au-Prince and it was a mess. It's like, this is a capital city. It was bad. But day after day, as we were working in the field, I just, my eyes were open. It's like God opened my eyes to see the things that were around me and to recognize his goodness and grace and, and just love and mercy on my own life. I remember working in the field around this one, um, this one little boy and his name was Rudy and he was four years old and I remember day by day seeing him running back and forth playing, you know, and he was four and he just had a diaper on, four, and just a shirt and a diaper and he was barefooted. and he would run through the village playing And I remember one incident in particular. He was running and he tripped and fell, and he fell into a smoldering pile of embers from a trash pile where his mom had been burning trash. And you know what he did? He didn't even cry. He got up, dusted his hands off, and went right back playing. And I just stood there like mortified. I was like, oh my gosh. I wanted to comfort him, but it didn't matter to him. It didn't even faze him because he was used to living in such treacherous, perilous conditions. He had become accustomed to it. That broke my heart, y'all. I still see that baby boy's eyes in my, in my mind. I still see him. And there were, there were days that we would work around. We would see the kids using old antifreeze bottles to go and gather water, drinking water, from the ditch Y'all, I said drinking water from the ditch. We are a blessed people. We are truly a blessed people. People, And I remember one other part about it that really stood out to me is that they didn't have homes. Literally did not have homes. They would go. We saw several of these kind of hut-type hut type houses where the, the grown-ups had gone and gathered big pieces of jagged sheet metal and just kind of propped them up, and they were living in that. And the door was a sheet, like a used bed sheet was the door to their home. Can you imagine a child living around jagged sheet metal? Even anyone living in a condition like that. We're truly blessed. And I I don't say all this to make it bring you down. I just want you to know that we're such a blessed people, and it's because God is really good. He's really, really good. You can see just... How easy it is to start thinking that we probably deserve something as an American. We don't have to live in conditions like that. I mean, we've got air conditioning, y'all, that's huge. That's huge. We don't have to live like that. We are blessed. And so it's easy to slip into that mindset of, I deserve this because I'm an American or I live in this free nation and this nation isn't free, y'all. Somebody's paying that price right now. Somebody's on the border keeping an eye open. Somebody's taking care of business so that we can be blessed and free. We literally have a mindset sometimes where we start thinking, well, I have everything I have because I worked hard, because I sacrificed, well, there, there is some truth to that, right? There's some truth to that. But we need to be real careful with thinking like that. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, the Lord your God gives you the power to gain wealth. Right. It's not us, it's God. Everything we have comes from the goodness of God. That song they were singing, I didn't realize that was on the set and it's so applicable to this. Everything we have is because of God. We have our part to play God is the one who gives us the ability to gain wealth, to work, to have income. And we have to remember that God blesses us. That's part of his plan, so that we would be blessed. But he blesses us so that we will bless others. It's not just about us. We We are blessed to be a blessing. That's his plan. And God expects us to sow seeds of generosity. The very seed that he's given us He wants us to sow it back. Those are seeds of generosity. And we can't freely give away until we develop a mindset of generosity. Generosity is a mindset. So how do we develop a mindset of generosity? My first point is you start with something. You don't have to have a lot. You start with something. And, you know, you don't need a bunch of material possessions to live generously or to develop a mindset of generosity, it doesn't require stuff. It doesn't require stuff. Sometimes we could think, oh, I don't have anything. It doesn't require that. It doesn't require it at all. Think about this. This is a revelation. We all have time. Every one of us in this room has time. We were born with time. Now, we don't know how much time we've been given. Only God knows The Scripture says that he numbers our days. But we have time. That levels a playing field. Every single person in this room, no matter your age, your race, your income, we all have time. And we can sew that back. And if you don't think that you have enough time to invest in God's kingdom, then you need to reprioritize some things. Because yeah, you do. We all do. You know, and I'm not. I'm not going to ever stand up here and tell you something that I didn't walk through myself. I had to learn that the hard way, y'all. There was a time in my life, and, and it can happen sometimes now, too, where I'll be running around like crazy, doing 50 million things, running around like a chicken with my head cut off, just doing this, doing that, you know, making my plans. There was a time when I spent most of my time building my own kingdom, building my kingdom, taking my kids here and there because it was my kids, and it was their kingdom, and I was helping them build their kingdom, my family, My activities, my, anything I wanted, my, 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 me, mine, my, my. And those aren't bad things, so don't hear that. I'm not saying those are bad things. I'm just saying those are very self-centered things, very self-centered. They bless us, and we're supposed to be blessed. God blesses us. He wants us to be blessed. But how are those things moving forward the kingdom of God? How are they moving the kingdom forward? How are they blessing others in his house? We're supposed to enjoy our life. Enjoy your life. Enjoy the life you've been given. But while you're enjoying your life, bless others as well. Bless others. You can do that. And I want you to remember that the church is God's plan. It's plan A. There is no plan B. We are his plan to bring salvation to bring the knowledge of Jesus Christ and salvation through Jesus. It's his plan to use us to spread his word so that people's lives will be saved. There are people, y'all, all all around us that are going to hell. That's hard. But they're going to hell. Because they don't know Jesus. That's what the scripture says. And God wants to use us. He's given us time, talent, treasure, resources so that we can get the word of Jesus Christ out there so people will not die and go to hell. That's the point. That's his plan. Amen. And we've all been given seven days a week. Yep. We just have to make forwarding his kingdom our priority. It's our priority. Reprioritize. And when you consider the lives touched When we make God's kingdom a priority, we cannot afford not to give, not to sow those seeds. Proverbs 3.27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Did you notice that last part? This just dawned on me. When it's in your power to do it, if you have the power to do it, then it's fully expected that you do it. If you don't have the power to do it, it's okay. But when it's in your power to do it, don't withhold good. Yeah, good. And notice that the scripture says, do not withhold good. That doesn't mean don't withhold material possessions. It means don't withhold good. What is good? Remember, whatever you give will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Whatever you give will come back to you. So if you have a smile, share it. Yeah. That's good. If you have an encouraging word for the cashier at H-E-B, sow that seed. Speak that word of life to that person. That doesn't cost you anything but time, and we all have time. It's easy sometimes when the cashier's all salty, has attitude, won't even look up. and It's easy to just blow them off. But no, who knows that maybe you're the only one who's going to sow a word of encouragement to that person today. Do it, and do it right then and there. Don't hold back. Don't wait. Don't say, I'm embarrassed. I don't know. That doesn't matter. Sow that seed. Do it right then and there. When you have the chance to do it, do it. You know, you may think that smiles are no big deal, but I want to tell you something. I have a person I know in my life, and she has the most beautiful smile. And you can tell it's one of those smiles that, you know, it's like genuine. It comes from deep down in her heart, and it's who she is, right? And, you know, I carry a heavy load. I carry a really heavy load, y'all. And and I'm not telling you that so you feel sorry for me or you think I'm some kind of superwoman juggling all these balls. No, I just carry a heavy load. So whenever Beatrice flashes that beautiful smile at me, it changes everything. It changes everything. I can come in tired, overwhelmed, discouraged, and she smiles at me with that beautiful, genuine smile. It lightens my load. That matters. That's a seed. That's a seed that she sowed. That's not withholding good when it was in her ability to give it. Those things matter. You never know what somebody's dealing with in the moment. We can give a smile. We can give some time. Sow the seed because everybody's in need. That smile blesses me. And it's a simple act, but it's sowing big, fat seeds. Seeds of goodness, seeds of mercy, seeds of love. We need to look up, take a minute, share our smile, share a quick word of encouragement. We have something to give. I don't care who you are in this room. You have something good to give. Yeah, it's good. Doesn't take a lot of effort, but it can make a big impact. Sow that seed. You know, have you ever prayed for somebody randomly? Not because, you know, they asked you to or, you know, not because you, you saw it on social or something. You just, they just popped in your mind and you prayed for them. Well, you know what? I believe that God puts people on our hearts to pray for them for specific situations and circumstances. We never know what people are going through. So if somebody, if God puts somebody on your mind to pray for them, do it. It doesn't, you know, let let me just set you free on on prayer. Prayer is not necessarily, it doesn't have to be some long, drawn out, religious, you know, hither, wither, thither, thou shalt, it don't need to be all that. That's not necessary. It's just a heartfelt cry to God. And you know what? I love to pray breath prayers. I call them breath prayers. It's not in scripture, but it's a breath prayer because it's like quick as a breath. You know, and you just, you bring them before God. You bring that person before God and you ask him simple things. Bless them, Lord. I don't know what their need is, but you do. Give them clarity, give them focus, you know, give them encouragement, whatever they need, Lord. I'm bringing them to you right now in the name of Jesus. Bless them, touch them. That is a simple prayer and all of us can do it. I ain't put no scripture in here, not more and of scripture in that prayer. It was quick and it was easy and we can all do that. Right. That's a simple act. It's a very simple act. And the fact is, if you know the person, that makes it actually even easier to pray for them because you know what's going on in their life typically, right? And you know exactly what to pray for. Those are targeted prayers, like a laser beam targeted. A laser beam is very powerful. It can cut right through everything and hit straight to the core. If you know what's going on in their life, you can laser beam your prayers, and God moves. Prayer moves the hand of God. Faith-filled prayer moves the hand of God. It doesn't cost you a dime. It can only cost you two minutes of your time. Pray those prayers. Don't shrink back. You have something to sow. Do it. And don't wait. Do it right then and there. The second way that we develop a mindset of generosity is by doing our part and then letting God do the rest. We have a part, but that's our part. But the rest is up to God. His shoulders are big and he can handle the load. We just have to do what we've been called to do. Take the pressure off yourself, do what you can, and then let God do the rest. My second point is, We plant the seed, God brings the harvest. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. So in this verse, Paul is addressing the church where the people were actually arguing amongst themselves about which Christian leader they should be loyal to. Now, let's talk about how unbiblical is that? Being loyal to a pastor no, we need to be loyal to Jesus Christ, to God Almighty. Don't be loyal to me. Be loyal to him. Yeah, We honor, we respect. You give honor to whom honors do, but we need to worry about being loyal to him, not to this pastor, or that pastor. Mm-mm. And that's what they were doing. They were literally arguing amongst themselves. What, should I be loyal to Paul? Should I be loyal to Apollos? That sounds real familiar today if you think about it. I'm, I'm going to keep on going. We're not going to do that here at Pursuit Church. We don't do that. You be loyal to God. You follow God's call. You listen to his voice. He may speak through one of us, but you listen to his voice, his word. And I'm going to give you permission right now. I haven't said this before lately, but I'm going to give you permission. Fact check me, please. Look in the word. Get in the word. Don't Google it. Open up your Bible and dig through the word because you may come across another passage God wants to bring to your mind. But if I say something that gives you a little bit of a, "Mm, I don't know about that. Check me out. Check it out. Verify it. Don't let me off the hook. And if I say something that doesn't sound right, then let's talk about it. But get in the Word. Know what the Word says. Yeah. Don't worry about who you're following other than Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what we're supposed to do. That's right. Paul was basically telling these believers, y'all need to stop worrying about all that. That's not, your, that's not your issue. That's not what this is about. Do your part and let God do the rest. Yeah. They were focused on the wrong things, guys. They were focused on what they wanted to do. They were being self-centered, basically, focusing on what they wanted, what was best for them, what they needed to do, who they needed to follow. One group was saying, oh, we should follow Paul because he's saying what we need to hear. Another group, we should follow Apollos because he's saying what we need to hear. And they had already been given the word of God by either Paul or Apollos. They had already been taught the word of God. All they needed to do was let that seed get down in them and then go out and sow another seed and share what they already knew with others. That was it. And Paul was telling them, this is all you got to do. Stop arguing about all this mess. Stop wasting time and go out and sow the seed you've already been given. That's what we're supposed to do. Paul was calling them out. You got it wrong. Y'all, we can't afford to live a self-centered life worrying about what's best for us all the time. Yeah, we need to take care of our business. Absolutely. I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm saying take care of your business. But don't forget there are hurting people out there who don't have anybody to help take care of their business. And it's our job to reach them. That's why we're doing this. This isn't a country club. This isn't a pep rally. Actually, it is a pep rally for what we got to go out and do this week. Sowing the word of God, sowing love, sowing kindness, sowing mercy. You can't have multiplication in your life and be self-centered. That's not the way it works. That's not the law of the harvest. There are literally people around us lost. We've got to reach them. And you know what? God has been so good to us. I can't say that enough. He's been so good to us. He's been good to you. He woke you up this morning. Right. He gave you new mercy, new grace, Amen. a new start, a fresh start. It doesn't matter what you did last night, you got a new start today. That's, right. you, That's God's goodness. Amen. That's how good He is. You have so much to give, so much to give, so much to do. Make some margin, reprioritize, get out of yourself, get into the Word, and sow those seeds. Come on. Mm. Because if you don't, you're going to miss out. When you live your life around yourself, what you think is best, what you want, what you need, what you think God is calling you to do, that really doesn't even line up with the word. I'm just saying, when you live like that, you're going to miss out on God's best and more. His best is always more. Remember, God's a progressive God. He's not stagnant. He doesn't stay here. He's progressive. He's moving forward. And our job is to go out there and get as many people as we can in here to hear his word so their lives will be changed. They won't go to hell. They'll have a new start. That's our job. God's progressive. So we can't live in our own little bubbles. We're going to miss out on more. And, and God wants us to give because there's somebody else that he wants to bless through you, That's right. That's right. through you, through you, not me, you, you. Internalize that, y'all. Internalize that. There is somebody, somebody's, that God wants to use you specifically to touch, to bless, to draw into his kingdom. I'm not going to be able to do it. You have that role to play. That's your part, that's your seed to sow. You got to do it. And when you live for yourself, you rob others from a blessing. That's hard, I know, I know. That's hard. But I'm gonna come up in here every Sunday and give you candy. That's not my job. I'll give you some candy sometimes. The M&M here and there. But I came up here, I was sent here to give you the truth with a capital T. Yes. The truth of the Lord. The truth that's in his word. And his word says, what you sow, you reap. Amen. Amen. That's the fact. And it might sting a little bit. God's word might sting a little bit. But I'm telling you, if you let it get down in your heart and sink into your spirit, that word that stung you at first will become a soothing balm to your soul. A soothing balm, y'all. There's a lot of people, again, that God's put in our lives for specific purpose, for us to bless them. And a good example of this is found in the book of Esther. The book of Esther, you can read it in like 10 minutes. It's a small book. But it's a very powerful word. The Jewish people in the book of Esther were about to be killed. Esther was a Jewish girl, and she had become queen of this pagan nation. In fact, the book of Esther is one of the only, I think it's the only book, could be wrong on mythology, check me on it, but it's one of the books in the Bible that doesn't even mention the word God. God is not mentioned at all in the book of Esther. So this nation was a pagan nation, meaning they, weren't, they didn't know about God, right? And Esther, this Jewish girl, had become queen of this nation. Now, what's interesting is, you got to read the book of Esther. Read the whole thing. I'm not going to tell you the whole story. But she became queen through a really unusual ordeal that only God could orchestrate. It was clearly very much a God thing. And Esther was randomly chosen in this land of pagans to become the new queen, And it wasn't long after she became queen that the Jewish people started being really persecuted there. And they weren't being persecuted by the king. They were being persecuted by one of the king's right-hand men. His name was Haman. And specifically, Haman had a grudge against Esther's cousin Mordecai, who was a Jew, but then it just festered in his heart. Isn't that the way it happens sometimes? We get, we get angry about something and we just let it fester. And the next thing you know, we hate everybody. Well, that's what happened. He hated Mordecai and he hated the Jewish people. So Haman played a lot of reindeer games, a lot of trickster stuff. And he ended up talking the king into annihilating the Jewish people. It didn't dawn on the king that his wife was Jewish. Anyway, read, read the story. Mordecai came to Esther one day. And um, he said, hey, Esther, hey, uh, you know, we're about to all be killed, right? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm the queen. And he's like, that doesn't matter, sweetheart. We're about to be killed. I need you to go talk to your husband, the king, and fix this. And so she's like, no, why would I do that? Absolutely not. I'm not doing that. Esther was used to living her little queen life. She was living in the palace. She was living her best life, y'all. Why in the world would she do that? She had her royal clothes, you know, wearing her little Pradas and her little Gucci's and her little designer stuff, and she had all her little attendants to fix her hair and do her nails. Why in the world would she give all of that up just to go talk for the Jewish people? That's what was in her mind. She was thinking about herself. She told her cousin, nope. But here's why she said no. Not just that, but she knew that the king was the only one who could summon you to meet with him. That was the rule. If he didn't call you to come in and have a conversation with, with him, you could die. And he hadn't called his own wife in to meet with him. Man, times have changed. <laughs> I don't need nobody's permission to go talk to this man. <laughs> but anyway, so Esther was afraid. She was afraid to go speak to her husband. So she told Mordecai, nope, won't be happening. And uh, Mordecai said, well, let me tell you something. You were picked to be, a king, to be the queen for a certain thing. This isn't an accident, Esther, You were chosen to be queen, and you were chosen not by an accident. Esther 4.14, we're going to read it. Mordecai told her, if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place, but you and your father's family will be destroyed. Who knows, perhaps you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Esther 4.14 is one of my favorite scriptures. Who knows that you weren't created or came to your position right now for such a time as this? A God-ordained moment in history. That's what happened to Esther. She was chosen specifically, specific time in history, specific place, specific job. Everything was lined up already by God. For such a time as that to bring salvation to God's people, to her people. She was sent there so that God would use her to save his people so that they would grow and multiply. That was the whole point of that. She wasn't blessed just for herself, y'all. It was part of God's plan. Remember, we are his plan. We are his plan. Now, two things happen as a result of developing a mindset of generosity, and that only comes when we get our minds off of ourselves, and off of our own needs. Two things happen. We actually begin to enjoy our lives more because we aren't striving to keep what we already have. Right. Yeah. The other thing is, having a generous mindset takes the pressure off of us to try to bring the growth and the multiplication. Right. We only have to do our part, and then we let God do the rest, and he multiplies our seed. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. That's a huge scripture. That's a huge promise. It was to Abram, but it's to us right now. God's plan for us includes blessing us beyond our wildest imaginations, but it takes us doing our part. This passage is telling us that we need to step out in faith and walk away from the familiar sometimes. What we're used to doing, what we want to do, what we're comfortable doing, we got to walk away from that. Most of the time, the good things in the kingdom of heaven require steps of faith. Big steps of faith. And that's what the scripture is saying. God told Abram, leave behind your family, your home country, everything you know. You need to leave that behind. And I'm going to send you over here because I'm going to bless you. Can you imagine what Abram's thinking? Oh, wait up. Hold up. Hold up. Leave everything that I have behind. Everything I've worked so hard for. Remember, God's the one that gives us the ability to gain wealth. Abraham's thinking, leave everything behind. And God's saying, yeah. Yeah, because I'm going to bless you. I'm about to blow it up, Abram. So that's what it's going to require. It's going to require us to have big faith. Take a big leap of faith. You do a little bit, right? Sometimes we say, okay, I got some faith. I can do a little bit. We all do a little bit, right? And then we have this breaking point. What's the breaking point look like? The breaking point looks like, okay, I've done this, but now you're asking me more. I don't have time for that. That's scary. I'm going to miss out. I can't do it. And you develop FOMO. Fear of missing out on the seed that you sowed. If I sow this over here, I'm going to lose something. I'm going to miss out on something. That's easy to do. But that's why it's going to take a leap of faith. A step of faith. Maybe not a leap. Maybe just a step of faith. That whole trusting God to meet your needs when you need him, before you sow that seed, you're going to have to have a step of faith. Take a step. Sow. But go ahead. Go ahead. Release the seed. You can release the seed. You know why? Because God's faithful. His word is true. Right. Yea and amen. And if he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Yes. You can trust him. He's a good, good God. Remember, he woke you up this morning and gave you new mercies. And he said, we got to step out of our comfort zone. We have to step out of our comfort zone so he can bless us, so that we can bless others. Amen. So whatever time you think you're going to lose stepping out, Whatever money you think you need to hold on to, whatever rest you think you need, instead of serving and giving, he will give you back more. Right. He'll give you back more than what you think you will lose so if good. you sow it. So good. Oh, yes. When we obediently follow God, he takes it to the next level, and he promises us, he promises us that he will take care of our needs. We take care of his business, he takes care of our business. Seek first the kingdom of heaven, and then all these things will be given to you. But seek first the kingdom of God. He will take care of our needs. His word tells us, we just read it, that he will bless us, and he will bless those who bless us. But he will curse those who curse us. That's his protection, y'all. That's his provision. That's God making sure that we have everything we need and that we don't end up losing anything as a result of being generous. We sow the seed and let God bring the harvest. So let me give you a simple math equation. Zero times zero equals zero. That's a fact. So what seeds are you planting in those areas of your life where you wanna see growth? 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. If we're going to see growth and multiplication in our lives, we're going to have to sow a seed. Whatever you have, sow it. And we're going to have to develop a mindset of generosity. I believe in my heart in this message I I really prayed about this message for so long hard deep prayers that it would just land exactly where it needed to land and I believe that today God wants to heal us of our self-centeredness living selfish lives so that we can see the need and we can bless others I believe that and I believe that it's today He wants to do that work do you receive that? if you receive that Receive it. Receive that. I want to pray for us, y'all. I want to pray for everybody here. So if you just close your head, I mean, close your eyes and bow your head. Let me pray for you real quick. I know that there's some people here today that they're not, you're not really familiar with the whole sowing and reaping. Maybe you've heard about the law of the harvest and, you know, you know it's something that God's asking of you, but you've kind of been afraid to do it. You've been afraid to, to take that step of faith. You know, maybe you think you don't have enough. Maybe you don't think you have enough time or you don't have anything really to give. And you know I, know, I know there's some people here that have been hit with one loss after another. And you know, you're discouraged and you think you have nothing left to give. And you know, you want to give want to spend more time doing the things of God and sowing into his kingdom, but you feel like, I just don't have anything, God. I've got nothing left. You're just struggling to think, keep things afloat in your own life. It's okay. God knows that. He knows what you need. He knows what's in your heart. He's going to meet you. And I want to pray for that. I want to pray for that right now. God, for those of us that may be afraid to sow that seed, bring courage Bring courage, bring peace, Lord. For those who don't think they have anything to sow, Lord, speak to their hearts and their minds. Give them creativity. Give them new ideas and fresh manna of how they can sow generously into your kingdom. Heavenly Father, for those who who can't even see that they've just been given leftovers, Lord. They've been giving leftovers. Lord, give them a mindset of generosity. Stir something up in their spirit so they can see that you've got so much more for them but it's going to require faith lord give them big faith give them big faith boldness courage and god i just i ask you to forgive us for our self-centered living even for their selfishness you know we didn't even know we were being that way lord but forgive us for that and and bring comfort and peace and let us know that um Your agenda is much more important than ours, Lord. Let us understand that, Father. Give us understanding. Open up our eyes of enlightenment so that we can understand the law of the harvest, sowing and reaping. Enlarge our capacity, Father, and open up our eyes to the hurting people all around us. God, I ask you right now to break our hearts for what breaks yours so that we can give generously in every area of our lives. Jesus' name, Jesus' name. And I ask you to just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I, I'd like to pray if there's people here today that maybe you've never made God your Savior. You, you know, you, you've heard about God, you've heard about Jesus, but you've never really fully surrendered everything to Him. You've never surrendered your life to Him, your, your everything. And you want to make that decision now? If that's you, and you feel that tug on your heart, that's Jesus. He's been pursuing you since the day you got here. He's been waiting for you to come. He's here right now, and he's calling you into him. If you've never asked him to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life, all you got to do is believe and then pray a simple prayer. And I want everybody to pray this prayer after me. We want to support you. If this is a decision you're making today, we don't want you to feel embarrassed or, or, or weird. We want to support you. So everybody, just please pray this prayer after me. Dear God, thank you for your loving kindness and your mercy. Father God, I know I've made some mistakes. And I ask you to forgive me for my sin. I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me. Today, Lord, I give you my heart. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Make me strong to obey your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitchurchSA.com slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.